Odin was a warrior from the land of the midnight sun with a Thompson gun for hire fighting to be done the deal was made in Denmark on a dark and stormy day so he set out for Biafra to join the bloody fray Hello everyone, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast, episode 627 to be exact. This is a practical show done by a very practical guy and that is me. I have another great interview for you this week. One of my listeners talks about what he carries and why. So this is a continuation of the series, What Do You Carry and Why? I'll be introducing him soon. Please remember this is a listener-supported show. If this helps you, if this material is good for you, please consider supporting my show for $3 a month or $6 a month. Either level, you get to access some very, very good quality content by people like Glenn Tate and Spencer Keepers and Gabe Suarez and John Payne and Brent Yamamoto and many others. John Adine, several people have contributed to the Handgun World Patreon program. So head, head over there and uh, consider supporting. So this week, Mr. Jim Dixon joins me and let's get straight to the interview. Well, my special guest for this episode is Jim Dixon. Jim, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bob. Good to be here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, just to let everybody know, Jim has been to four classes that Ben Branham and I have taught, our Beyond Concealed Carry series. And he's been to another really cool class lately, which I'm going to ask him to talk about shortly. But Jim, uh, I appreciate your support over the years. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, and uh, I think I've gotten more out of your podcast than uh, any other source. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. You And you were an, an incredible student. You know, I, I remember you always picked up everything very, very quickly and uh, did extremely well in our classes. Thanks. So, Jim, you contacted me, and uh, I'm really glad you did. I'm going to put the invitation out there. If any of you have something that you'd like to talk about similar to Jim, uh, contact me. And uh, Jim, you recently went to a class. You went to Gabe Suarez's Red Dot class, didn't you? I did, uh, just about uh, a week ago. Okay, so this is a continuation of my series, What Do You Carry and Why? And I like the email you sent Jim, what are you carrying these days? Well, right now I'm carrying a Springfield XDS-9 uh, Model 2 with a red dot optic. Now, one of the interesting things in your email, I didn't know this, you said for years you carried a car CW-9. I did uh, for almost 17 years. Um, wow. I carried that. I trained with that. Um, I dry fired that, uh, it got to be second nature. Hey, you shot that in one of our classes, didn't you? Uh, at least one, maybe two. Yeah. So you switched now after 16 years, you said? Yeah, I, uh, 
I'm getting on in years, and uh, my vision has been declining enough that I don't pick up uh, my sights as quickly as I used to. Why did you pick the XDS Mod 2? Well, um, I'm a small guy in stature, and I needed, uh, I'd like to carry a single stack just for the concealability. So I went to my local range and I rented uh, every single stack they had uh, available, uh, tried everything. And the one that I liked that fit my hand best and fit my shooting style best uh, was the, the XDS. You know, I'm so glad you did that. I'm so glad you went to the range and you rented a lot of them. I always encourage that. That's the best way to make a decision on a gun, in my opinion. So you you rented them, you shot them, and you liked the XDS. Yeah. Um, didn't expect to, but uh, it was available, and I tried it, and I really enjoyed it. And what is what do you like the most about that XDS? Um, it's it's concealable. It's it's uh, a little bit heavier than my car, so uh, the felt recoil and getting on this to the second shot is a little bit better. Um, I like the fact that uh, the factory has uh, three sizes of magazines, so I can kind of uh, pick a magazine size that suits how I'm dressed and and how well I want to conceal it. Yeah. So you took Gabe Suarez's uh, uh, three-day red dot pistol optics class hosted by John Payne. Wish I'd have been there. I couldn't. Uh, I had some intention of going there, and I had some family things come up. But how was the class? Do a review if you wouldn't mind. Oh, it was just amazing. It's First of all, it's a, it's a great range, the Orange Gun Club. Uh, and three days... Uh, is a real luxury. Most classes are over the weekend because people have to work on Fridays. Um, so we had uh, 13 students, uh, tended to be older. Uh, some of them retired, but uh, a lot of guys just took that Friday off. Uh, we went through a lot of material and um, I, I expected something special about the red dot. But really, the mechanics of shooting are the same, you know, with all handguns. It just happened that everybody was running a red dot. Yeah, well, that was the class. It was an optics class. Yes. I guess I guess I should call them optics instead of red dot because the green dots are really popular. You mentioned something about that in your email. I happen to prefer the green dots. I see the green better than I see the red. And... Um, you know, you're a little bit older than I am, but I'm at the point now where I think I need to transition to optics on all my carry guns. The first day that uh, I ran my XDS with the optic, uh, I was just utterly amazed at the improvement in uh, how quickly I picked up the target and how accurately I could shoot. I mean, it was night and day. It was like I turned on a, a switch. Is so, it because of the optic, you think? It was it, entirely because of the optic. And um, I will, you know, I carry my car from time to time, 
but uh, I know that I'm not as good with it as I am with the new handgun. So the optic made a big difference for you. I, I have heard mixed things. Some people say the optic doesn't do much for them, and some people like you say it's night and day. Yeah, and I think a lot of it um, has to do with how often you dry fire and how quickly you pick up the dot, what your natural point of aim is. Uh, if you practice with it, uh, it really pays dividends. And you did the best thing I think anybody could do is you went and took a three-day class on how to use a red dot. And I think that's that's probably the best thing you could do. Excuse me, optic. If you have an optic on your gun, go take an optics class. Absolutely. It's it, it's a it's a different kind of shooting, and I think it's really uh, it's really worth your while to make that investment in your time and money uh, and do it right from the beginning. So, what kind of an improvement did you notice? My groups were a whole lot tighter just because uh, my sight picture wasn't as fuzzy as it used to be. So I'm nearsighted, and uh, while I shoot, I use my uh, my glasses for distance, which means I can see the target really well, but the sights are blurry. Uh, the iron Exactly sight. the same for me. Exactly the same for me. Yeah. My sights are blurry, and I can see the target. Yep, and that's where the big improvement came in. So now you can see both clearly, the dot and the target, right? Absolutely. And you don't have to line up three things anymore. You just have to line up two, which makes it uh, ergonomically a lot easier for me to operate. Now, what do you mean line up two? Explain that to people that might not know. So instead of lining up a target, a front sight, and a rear sight, uh, you just line up uh, the, the dot on the optic with the target and they're both in focus and no matter where your head position is they re it, it, the uh, the target re remains aligned so put the dot where you want the bullet to go and press the trigger the correct way and that's where it goes right absolutely one of the drills that uh, that Gabe ran us through was to shoot at a target uh, with the dot uh, on the optic in in the corners of the field of view. Um, and what we found, of course, was that we were hitting the center of the target each time, no matter where that dot uh, appeared in the lens of the optic, uh, you you were always aligned. And that that's the beauty of the reflex sight. That almost, I think that says is that would be faster, faster than iron sights. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like, because, you, you know, you don't have to have everything in absolute perfect alignment. You're, the bullet's going, as long as you got the red dot on the target where you want to hit the target, that's where it's going, right? Absolutely. As long as you don't jerk the trigger, you know, and, and do something like that. Right, and, and the other thing is that the... <laughs> The, uh, the dot gives you a more precise alignment, and so you can actually see what happens when you press the trigger. Uh, it's like when people used to train with lasers. They would see, you know, the, the motion of the gun as they squeezed. What kind of optic do you have on your XDS? 
So it came from the factory with a Crimson Trace uh, 1500. Uh, it's not a high-end optic. Um, I might, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about graduating to a little more robust uh, model of optic and probably with a green dot. Okay. Uh, I have heard real good things about the Holison EPS carry. Yes. You might uh, want to check that one out. I'm, I'm looking for one with the same footprint as the um, as the Crimson Trace. Oh, okay. It uses the shield uh, footprint, and I don't want to have to put a, an adapter plate on it because oh, okay. that will raise it up. Uh, I, the, the, the Crimson Trace now is cut so that uh, it uh, it lines up with uh, the existing iron sights. It co-witnesses, and it keeps my line of sight very low to the barrel. Yeah, okay, talk about that. Talk about that because everything that I have been seeing is that's what you want. You want the optic to be as low to the barrel as you can get, right? Exactly. So it, I, I, the sights that are on my on my gun now are the original iron sights. They didn't have to be raised up uh, the way they do for for uh, some optics. And if the optical axis of your uh, of your of your dot uh, optic is low, it means that um, you have a, a an easier time of zeroing um, and your the, the the barrel axis offset from the optic axis if you can minimize that then you have to make less elevation corrections as the bullet you know gets further away from you yeah. so uh that's an advantage the other advantage is to have a true co-witness every time you pick the gun up uh to put in your holster you can check to make sure that the dot uh hasn't drifted um that uh, you're still zeroed in. It's a it's a very quick check, and it gives you a lot more confidence in running with the dot. Yeah, and at the absolute worst case, if your dot's not working, you're right aligned with your uh, existing iron sights. Exactly. So a lot of the the optics come with a cutout uh, so that you can look down along your uh, your iron sights. And I would encourage anybody who's gonna uh, upgrade to an optic to make sure that there is that cut yeah now what do you mean explain that again the cutout for where's the cutout in on the optic the cutout is in the optic uh, at the base and it gives you the ability to to sight down the original iron sights of you know whatever gun you're you're converting to yeah you know i've converted over to mostly uh uh, all but one are now my Shadow Systems guns, which are which are really fancy Glock copies. But the great thing about those is their optics mount. The optic does sit very low on the Shadow Systems guns, just like it does on your XDS. And that's definitely an advantage. I, I don't think some of the systems like the Glock MOS, that looks like it's a little high. Yes, and you can kind of tell if you look in the in in photos of the gun uh, if it's if it's got a, a front blade that's a little bit higher than uh, you would normally see. Yeah. It means that people have had to make a compensation for the height of the optic. A front sight, you mean? 
The front sight, yeah. Yeah, there's so many guns that have optics on them. They got the suppressor height, front sights, and rear sights, because they need yeah. to raise those up. Yeah, and and that is one of the the downsides of running with a suppressor is you've got to you know raise that that uh, that offset between the barrel and the sighting system. Yeah. So. So you so what did you get? Tell me, t- review the class, uh, the three day class for a minute, the the optics class. Well, we started off um, with a, kind of the discussion of of how to adjust uh, to to the use of the optic um, when you're up close. You can put a piece of tape over, which we did, and you know you're just doing the uh, the close in shooting where. You're getting the the barrel up in front of the target, and you know, and you're hitting. Uh, and then as you move further away from the target, um, you go from using both eyes uh, to using one eye. Uh, from from focusing mostly on the target to focusing mostly on the dot, uh, until at the end of the class, we were shooting, uh, we were doing headshots at 50 yards. And most people were hitting 80 to 90% of the time. Uh, That's amazing. We also had a half-size, man-sized target uh, out at 100 yards. And people were hitting that more than about 50% of the time. So that's equivalent to a man-sized target at 200. So, uh, you know, and that was at the end of the class after everybody had, you know, really trained up and... and, uh, understood how to really take advantage of that uh, that optical sight. And you were doing that with your tiny little uh, XDS-9? Yeah, with a 3.3-inch barrel. Um, <laughs> you know, g- guns, the modern guns these days shoot so much better than uh, than we're able to. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Uh, you know, 3-inch barrels are, 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 are not the, the same as they were yeah, uh, on, the, on the old revolvers. Well, this uh, this P365 that I got right here, this, this I think it's a 3.1 inch barrel. This thing is so accurate, um, it's it's just unbelievable. I, I can't I can't believe how accurate this is. Yeah, you know, and it's better than I can shoot. Exactly, and when you put a when you put that that dot optic on the top, you realize how much. Uh, you know, natural shaking you have when you're when you're holding that that gun up. It's a lot more than than the variation, the mechanical variation. It's more that. than what you see. The variation is more than what you see with iron sights. Absolutely. But you see it, it a lot with your optic, don't you? Yeah. Yep. It really magnifies it, and and it's it can be used as a training aid. You you can. Uh, Kind of evaluate your hold and your trigger pull and your your hand position and your grip uh, by how much wobble you see on that dot over the target. Jim, did you have any challenge going from iron sights to optics? No, I didn't, and I was very surprised because for years and years I read how oh this is a really hard transition to make, and for me because of the vision thing. It was such an advantage. Um, the one thing I did notice uh, going between the two guns, not the optic, was uh, because I've been using that car for so long and trained with it so much, um, 
I did notice a difference in the grip angle with the with the new XDS. It's uh, it's uh, just a few degrees different, but um, I had to get used to where it would point naturally. And after you know just a few months of training, uh, I've totally adapted to it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad to hear that because, yeah, you do read a lot of chatter out there about, oh, it's nearly impossible to make the transition from iron sights to red dot. I, I don't think that that's true. No, for me, it was just just the opposite. It was just so much easier for me. You know what I think it is? I think it's people don't want to put in the time and the training and the work. That's what it is. Yeah, I think if you, you know, if you go to the range and you and you borrow your buddy's uh, optic pistol and, you know, you fire one magazine, uh, that's not enough time to make an evaluation. No. But I think a lot of people just put it down and say, no, not for me. Yeah, that's not for me. I couldn't do well with it. I shot 10 rounds and, and I couldn't do well. So I'm not going to get a red dot. Yeah. Or yeah. or an optic. Yeah. Uh, so what which optics are you uh, looking at? switching to well i was hoping to find um a hollow sun that uh that i could fit without changing the base plate um but uh there there are there are a uh, little more uh higher end versions of crimson trace uh that i've also looked at um but I'm in no big hurry. Uh, I was really pleased with how the Crimson Trace uh, held uh, held zero uh, during the three-day class. You know, we were we were running and jumping up and down and shooting from the ground, and and I did give it a pretty good workout. Um, I was also worried about how fragile that optic would be uh, if you you know run your hand over it to rack the slide. And I never had any problem. Good. Uh, Good. That crimson trace that I'm running is, in fact, uh, a polymer. It's not an aluminum frame. So I was worried about, you know, how strong that was going to be. No problem at all. No problem. And I want to remind people listening or watching, this is not a, a commercial. We're not doing a commercial for Crimson Trace or for Springfield or anything like that. Um, you bought the gun. You use it. You just took it through a three-day class. And how, how many rounds did you fire on during that three days? I think it was between six and 7,000. Um, hundred. 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 <laughs> six uh, and 700. I was, the, I was the only student running uh, single-stack magazines. Okay. So I wasn't quite as liberal with my, uh, with my shots as uh, some of my classmates. Yeah, so there you go. You you went, ran it through a three-day class, uh, a pretty rigorous class, and no problems. No problems with the pistol or with the uh, Crimson Trace optic. No problem. Never never had a, uh, a failure to fire. Never had a failure to eject. Um, it, just, it, it, it just ran reliably. I think this pretty much speaks to the fact that Today's modern guns and modern optics, most of them are all built well. They're all good quality. Uh, just pick the one you like, just like you did. Go to the range, rent, pick the one you like, and just shoot. Shoot and train. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, you know, we do spend a lot of time talking about the hardware, and 
And that's because it's fun and we like it and we're interested in it. But um, it's it's really about the practice. And that and that's not, you know, all that uh, glamorous to talk about. But, uh, you know, the training and the dry fire practice is the most important part if if you're you know, concerned with concealed carry and, and carrying a defensive firearm. Yeah, it is. It is not the fun part it, because it means work. When you talk about the training and the practice, it means work. It means you got to load up your gun, take your ammo, you got to go to the range, you got to shoot, train, you got to make mistakes while you're there, you got to go to a class, and you got to make mistakes in front of an instructor and make mistakes in front of your fellow students. And as long as you got a good instructor, which which Gabe is is one of the absolute best, you're going to be fine because the instructor knows how to to help you. But that's the hard part for people to to grasp. You know what I've noticed, Jim? I'd like to get your comment on this. When I do a podcast about the gun. okay, I get a lot of downloads and a lot of listeners. But when I do a podcast about a training technique, I get like half the downloads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, it's. Uh, I remember it's always the same at the beginning of every class. You know, people kind of gather around before class starts, and it's always about the hardware. What are, exactly. you, what are you carrying? What are you bringing? What did you get? Nobody ever talks about, hey, I had a really good dry fire session last week. <laughs> That's uh, true. That's true. Nobody ever says that. Nobody ever says that. That's right. And they should. Or, hey, not only did I have a, a, a good dry fire, but I went to the range and, and I shot 200 rounds with this. And you wouldn't believe the groups that I did. Yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just a lot more fun to... You know, to talk about the hardware. I think it's because people have a psychological um, thought that they can buy skill. Yeah, yeah. And they it's, can, and for, yeah. for most people, it's a big investment. And it is. You know, yes. you're, you're really putting yourself out there when you when you spend, uh, you know, five hundred or a thousand dollars on a handgun. You're you're emotionally vested in it. And you want everyone to appreciate, you know, what you've got. You want yeah. to show it off. It's like a like a new car. It's like a new car, yeah. But a, a new fancy car doesn't automatically make you a better driver. You have exactly. to. You got to go put the time in driving your car. <laughs> yep. Yes, it's a lot easier to show off a gun than to show off, you know, a target that you shot. There the, you go. Yeah. Range. yeah. Yeah. Well, you did one of the best things, and. Um, I'm I'm in the process of transitioning to optics on all my handguns, all my and, and my rifles, and I will be getting to some classes, specific optic classes. Um, I couldn't make the the one that, but but I think Gabe is. I'll probably do some traveling and go to some of Gabe's classes, and because uh, he's one of the best. I mean, Gabe, I think he started. He pretty much made the optics on handguns. He was the one that started making it popular back in about 2010, I think. Yes, yes. So that was 13 years ago. He ba and and I know a lot of people gave him a hard time about that when he was talking about this is the future. 
putting a, a a red dot on your handgun. This is the future, and he was right. Yeah, in fact, uh, he he talked about changing in the name of the class because he he figures you know every people's new guns are coming with optics and yeah he doesn't have to have a special optic class anymore it's just a handgun class and yeah. most students are going to be carrying those yeah yeah you're right and look how many look how many guns are coming out they're optics ready i mean everybody everybody the that's all the manufacturers have optics ready um you know, this P365 I'm holding is not optics ready, but all I have to do is buy a new slide for it, and it'll be optics ready. Just buy an optics uh, a slide cut for an optic. Yeah, I think all the all the manufacturers they see this wave and they've yeah. got to adapt to it. Yeah. You even see some uh, 1911s that are that are uh, cut for optics. Yeah. Well, just like it became a regular item on rifles. The same thing is happening with handguns. The optics are becoming normal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jim, we're almost done. Uh, I like to give all my guests the last word. Uh, so again, thank you for your time. Uh, take a couple minutes to kind of summarize our interview, and if there's anything else you want to throw in there, go ahead. Well, I guess, uh, I guess. My viewpoint is is uh, probably kind of different than than the average uh, average of your podcast listeners. I've been carrying since uh, 1996. Wow. Uh, I think Texas uh, passed the concealed handgun law in '95, and within six months, I had my license and. I've been carrying ever since, so that's uh, long that's time. Quite a while, um, and what I kind of settled into was, um, if you carry the a gun that's comfortable to carry, you'll carry it every day, yeah. and I think that's important. Uh, you can have the you know a, a, a terrific uh, race gun that. Uh, you know, you can you can do well in competition, but if you don't carry it, um, it's not going to do you any good. So very I true. on a very simple gun, a single stack, nothing sexy about it, but I put it on every day and it's comfortable. I don't notice it. I practice with that gun and uh, I'm I'm very confident that if I ever had to use it, uh, I, you know, I could I could make it perform. And Jim, what you just said in the last 60 seconds, I mean, that sums it all up. I, I've been saying it for a long time, but thank you, you. Thank you for saying it because uh, I did, and folks, I did not coach Jim. I didn't call him up ahead of time and tell him what to say. Uh, this is all totally unscripted, but the gun you have with you that you carry all the time that you practice with is the absolute best gun. Yeah. Would yeah. you agree? I would agree, and and the, the selection of the gun is not as important as carrying it every day. Yeah, it's true. Jim, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, time's not a renewable asset. I can't give it back to you. So I'm glad that you spent it with me, and I think the listeners are going to enjoy this. I hope they do, and 
I hope more listeners uh, contribute to your podcast. You've been carrying uh, carrying the load all by yourself for a long time. Uh, let's 13 hear, years. Let's hear some folks, yeah. Well, that's the reason I started this What Do You Carry and Why series. And and so I'm, I'm putting the invitation out, and Jim just put out the invitation for other listeners. Uh, feel free to call me, email me, and we'll make arrangements to bring you on the show. Sounds good. Jim, thanks a lot. Have a good rest of the day. You too. Okay, many thanks, Jim. I really appreciate your time. Folks, these listeners and everybody who comes on this show, they donate their time. So let's show them some appreciation. Uh, if you got some feedback, some comments, go ahead and get on Facebook, Twitter. Send me an email, handgunworld at gmail.com. And speaking of stuff like that, sign up for email updates or to get my free concealed carry article that I wrote. Um, I wrote, I've been spending some time lately writing about concealed carry, my thoughts on concealed carry. And of course, the title of it is Because I Can't Carry a Cop. You can get that free article just by going to handgunworld.com, signing up for it. You'll see a space there where it says Get My Free Concealed Carry Guide. And you can also sign up for email updates. If you do either of these on May 31st, Concealment Solutions has said he is going to be giving away his new uh, everyday carry belt and a holster of your choice for the gun of your choice, but it has to be the Cobra Outside the Waistband holster. So Outside the Waistband holster for the gun of your choice and the Concealment Solutions everyday carry belt. You can have a chance to win that. There'll be two winners just for either signing up for email updates or Get my free article on concealed carry at handgunworld.com. That's it, folks. Uh, consider supporting me on Patreon. Get some exclusive material. And shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. And I will talk to you again next week. Goodbye. But it still keeps up the fight. In Ireland, in Lebanon, in Palestine, in Berkeley.